Hey, this is Jacob Bergai, lead pastor at Fuel Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Fuel Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. All right. So our reset button, God has a reset button. Did you know that? And it's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Check out the screen. This will be our text that will guide us through our entire series here. And it says this, but first and most importantly, can we say that again? But what? But what? First. What day is it? January 1st. First day of the New year, first day of the month, but first and most importantly, seek, aim, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. You know, a lot of times we have our priorities out of whack, don't we? Because we seek the things very well right? We go after the things and we're trying and we're working hard and we want possessions and we want the bigger house and the nicer car and the nicer clothes. And we want all these things. And God said, no, 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 you got the priority wrong. He said, but first, I'm going to say, but first, and most importantly, seek me first and my kingdom. Then I'll add all those things to you. He said, I want to bless your life. I want you to prosper. I don't want you to live in poverty and lack. And I want to bless you. But first, I need you to seek me and my kingdom first. Hmm? This is the reset button in the word of God. This is where we start on January 1st. We're going to have some great church. We're going to go through some great series in the word of God. We're going to have some great outreaches, great events. Your loved ones are going to come and give their hearts to the Lord. But first and most importantly, we got to have the order of priority right. God says, seek me first. Put me first in this new year. Seek after me. Seek after me. Seek after me in my kingdom. And when you do, All the other things that you desire in life, God doesn't mind you having things. He minds things having you. I'm going to say that again. There are amen in me over here. You guys are quiet. And there's more people over here than there's over there. What's your excuse? Need more coffee? It's out there. Huh? God doesn't mind you having things. He minds things having you. So when you're possessed with having things, you say yes to every opportunity for overtime. But it causes you to miss God's house. And you're not bringing your family like you should, Father, to the house of God. You're not being the spiritual head because you want things and money has a grip on your heart. Money is not evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. When you lust for money and you lust for things, that's where God says, nah, nah, go back, go back, go back to the reset button. Seek me first. Someone say first things first. Hmm? God, God wants to be number one this year. God wants to be number one. God wants to be number one. So let's play a little game here of who I am as we unveil what we're going to reset today. Here are some clues. Are you ready for them? 
I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might just as well turn over to me, and I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. Who am I? I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I'm a servant of all great people and an alias of all failures as well. Those those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a human being. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? Who am I? I am a habit. Someone say habits. We're going to look at resetting some habits in our lives. Because as great as your New Year's resolutions are, if we were to rewind for the last few years, you could probably look at those resolutions and say, I failed for the last few years at accomplishing those resolutions, right? Why? Because it all goes back to a habit. You can have great intentions, but if you don't have discipline in your life, the great intentions go out the window. I have great intentions of working out this whole year. I had those same intentions last year. I have a membership at this gym that's a thousand feet from our church. It's great. It's got all new equipment. The first Monday of the month, they serve pizza while you work out. It's awesome. Ask me how many times I went last year. I went on the first Monday of every month. Some of you are slow, but you're worth waiting on. You were up late. Yeah, I know, I know. Huh? And I had great intentions, and I have great intentions this year to go work out. I'll be there this week. I don't know how many times, but I'll be there, right? Now, I have to work on making, working out a new habit for my life. You know, they said it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. 21 days to make or break a habit. So I know I have to do some things so that I could be disciplined to work out. There's some habits spiritually. There's some habits spiritually that I'm creating in this new year. There's some habits mentally, socially, relationally, and the list goes on and on. We're looking at resetting our habits because you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. You will never change your life. It will be pie in the sky resolutions. Okay? You can say it, but unless you change something you do daily, you will never change your habits. See, when I said habits, 95% of you thought that when you heard this word, you thought of a negative connotation on this word. Right? You're thinking negative habits. And there are negative habits that destroy people's lives, but there are also positive habits that build up people's lives. Amen? And the secret to your future lies in your daily habits. So ask yourself, what are the habits today, the good habits that are going to help me achieve success in 2017? Because successful people are simply those with successful habits. What is a habit? Simply defined a usual way of behaving. Something that a person does often in a regular and repeated way. A pattern of behavior. Someone say a pattern of behavior. Nothing is stronger than a habit. 
Nothing is stronger than a habit. Let's just look at a few habits, both good and bad, and see if maybe we can identify with some of them. Some people have the habit of always being late. Don't point to them. That's rude. Come on, you knew at the Christmas dinner who was going to be late because they late for the last 20 years. And you knew who was going to be early because they've been early for the last 20 years. And you knew who wouldn't show up with a gift because they ain't showed up with one for the last 20 years. Come on, somebody. Huh? Some people always see the problems while, while others always see the possibilities. Right? Some people are predictable frowners while others are predictable smilers. They're in the habit of smiling, the habit of frowning. Hmm? Some people are in the habit of making themselves look good in front of people. Some people are in the habit of giving up too early, the habit of not telling the whole truth, the habit of taking the easy way out, the habit of getting angry. Your answer to every conflict in the house is anger. So you're in a habit of getting angry. Some people are in the habit of always blaming everything and everyone else and never looking in the mirror and owning up and taking responsibilities for their unwise decisions. I'm not talking to you, but maybe the person behind you. Some people are in the habit of feeling sorry for themselves and they throw their own pity party when life doesn't treat them fair. Some people are in the habit of ducking their responsibilities and always cave it in. Some people are in the habit of never following through with their word. We could go on and on and on. Did I name your bad habit? (laughs) We could go on and on and on, but we won't. You see, success often depends on the habits you develop. The Greek philosopher Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. So there are healthy habits and there are unhealthy habits. Our first point today is this. Watch this. Our life is stuck when we choose bad habits. Our life is stuck when we choose bad habits. Habits. Let's say that together. Come on. Our life is stuck when we choose bad habits. Bad habits are easy to develop and often hard to deal with and remove. Can I get an amen? You know the best time to deal with the bad habit is now, right now, January 1st, 2017, the first day of a new month, of a new year, because to delay only allows the habit to get entrenched deeper in our lives. And if you want to change your life, you have to change your habits. Hmm? A bad habit is something you find yourself doing, even though it is destructive, either physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually. Hmm? Paul talked about a habit. We don't know exactly what it was, but he gives us some insight. and He gives us a picture of maybe an inward struggle that all of us can identify with. In Romans chapter 7, we're going to start at verse 15, and then we're going to go through many other verses. You can find that at the, on the screen. And he says, I really don't understand myself. <laughs> can anybody ever identify with that? Who am I? What did I just say? Why did I think that thought? You look in the mirror. Whoa, who am I? 
Huh? Paul's saying, I, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Hmm. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21, he says, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Paul asks a question. Who's going to help me with this? He says, thank God the answer is in. That was your cue, church. The answer is in. Here we find Paul, and Paul is confused, he's conflicted, and he's discouraged, and he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, and he's got this inward struggle where he wants to do what's right, but he's asking himself, why do I want to do what's right, but I don't do what's right? What, who am I? What is my identity? Why am I struggling? I want to serve God, but every time I t- take two steps forward, it's like I take three steps backwards. What's going on? What's the remedy, he says. And he answers his own question. He says, the answer is in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The answer to your bad habit that may have you in chains right now. I don't know what 2016 brought to your life. Maybe there was some addictions and some bad habits and some strongholds. And maybe there's some hurts and there's some hangups in your life. And this is where Paul is. And and he's struggling with, with some internal issues. And he says, God, I need you. He says, my answer is in you, Jesus. You're the one that can break these chains. You're the one that can set me free. If you were here for Testify, you've seen some testimonies of some individuals who've been set free. You've seen some chains that had been broken. You've seen a story of a couple in our church. Their lives have been restored. And it's only because of one person, and his name is Jesus. You see, as great as this church is, and as great as this facility is, and as great as your preacher is, he can't set you free. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. The old church is a great place to come every week. I I would come here. I do come here. I'm like Paul. I'm confused right now. I don't know where I'm at. It's a great name. We're going to do some great outreaches this year. We're going to reach a lot of people. But the only one who can break the bondage of sin and death is Jesus Christ. And the moment we forget the main thing, The moment we get off track and we make this about a show and we make this about uh, being trendy for our culture, the moment we get off track is the moment we lose because there's no power in the brick and mortar that's here, but there is power in the spirit of God that meets us here and who can break every chain. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. So let's not forget this 2017. The reason we come here is Jesus. The reason we bring our family is Jesus. The reason that our lives are blessed is Jesus. Only he can set you free 
from that bad habit. Only he can break the chains. See, if bad habits are not corrected, they become chains that enslave us. Chains, addictions that we feel like we can't get free from. So I come to church, but I'm still hooked on the pills. I'm still hooked on weed. I'm still hooked on alcohol. I can't, I can't, I can't get free from it. Hmm? Only Jesus can set you free. There's still power in his name. There's still power in his name. But when you call on his name, demons have to flee. When you call on the greatest name of ever, that song we just sang is so powerful because there is no other name. And you may not see a way out. You may be sitting there and saying, you don't know my struggles. Listen, I know there are people in here who have strongholds and addictions. I know it like I know it. Not just because I've to some of them and I have and I've helped people through them but I just know by the spirit of God right now that there are people out there who are in chains of addiction and I'm here to tell you as you call on the name of Jesus and as you start to replace those bad habits with good habits you're going to be free in 2017 I said you're going to be free in 2017 I'm tired of seeing the obituaries in this city I'm tired of doing funeral after funeral of people who overdosed. I'm sick of it. And you ought to get sick of it too. And you ought to say enough is enough. My identity, my joy, my peace is not found in a substance, a pill, a bottle, or a joint. My identity and peace and joy is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. In case you didn't know what I'm about to preach in here. I was trying to be all calm and Dr. Phil today, but it didn't work. I'm not a counselor. I'm a preacher. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Can you tie this for me, brother? I'm on a roll, man. I don't want to mess up the roll. And I appreciate your assistance. The same spirit. God bless you. That raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Same spirit, same power, same power. When are you going to tap into it for yourself? You pray with family members, you pray with your kids, your spouse, but you don't tap into it for yourself. It dwells in you. And there is no greater power than that. The name of Jesus. I'm all off my notes, but I'm feeling good in the second service. I heard this story of how elephants are brought into captivity. Listen, it goes, have you ever been to a circus and seen a giant elephant with a small rope around its ankle? Did you ever stop to think, hey, wait a minute. Physically speaking, there is no way that small little rope can hold back that giant elephant. Did you ever wonder how it happened that a giant elephant could be held in place by something that does not have the power to contain him? Here's how it works. When trainers begin taming a baby elephant, they place a heavy, big chain around its ankle and stake the chain into the ground. Day after day, hour after hour, the baby elephant struggles to escape, but his efforts are in vain. He simply cannot break free from the grips of that powerful chain, and eventually he surrenders. He resolves in his mind that there is no possible way he can escape that chain. So he relinquishes forever the struggle to be free. 
Then when he has given up trying, his masters replace that giant chain with a small little rope. If the elephant ever opened his eyes to the truth, he could break free at any moment. All it would take is one try, but since the elephant doesn't know that, he doesn't take a step in the right direction of freedom. And so it happens that 10, 20, 30 years later, the giant elephant remains held in bondage by something that really has no power to control him except the power he chooses to give it. What is it that has you chained? What is it? Yeah, thank you, Spirit of God. Depression can break in 2017. You no longer have to be bound by that. You see, you thought it would always be that way. You thought it was hereditary. You, you thought you'll always be in that kind of mode, mood. But God said he can break the chains. All you got to do is step out. You see, 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 the, the elephant weighs over a ton, some of I mean, just so many pounds. I mean, you're huge. Here he thinks he's still enslaved with those chains. And really, it's just a little rope that if he took one step, he would snap that rope. If you take one step in the direction of God, seek first the kingdom of God. If you take one step towards Jesus, that rope will be snapped over your life. Mm. You see, destructive and bad habits form unseen chains that make, you, make us a slave and they finally destroy our lives. Huh? Oh, sin is fun. It's fun for a season. But always remember, sin pays wages. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's not a check you really want to go to the bank and cash in. The wages of sin is death, destruction, despair, depression, disorder, dysfunction in your life, in your marriage, in your family. It doesn't pay, sir. Get off that internet. It doesn't pay. Doesn't pay to get angry at your kids and your wife. It doesn't pay. It doesn't pay. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I sure feel my help coming. God's promise is this. Galatians 5.1 says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again into slavery. Here's the promise of God's word. You find yourself chained. You find yourself enslaved. You're in the right place today. You're in the right place today. We're a church where everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect and anything's possible. What's our vision for 2017? More of the same. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Anything's possible. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Anything's possible. More of the same. But the Bible says Christ has already set us free. And Paul says, hey, 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 you're already free. Why are you going back to Egypt? You know, the children of Israel, they were set free from Egypt and they started complaining to Pastor Moses. It sure is a crime when church people complain to the pastor. Should be some kind of jail time for that. Elder Bossom, can we come up with something? And they were complaining. They said, hey, Pastor Mo, yo. It'd be better for us to go back. Moses is like, what? 
Well, I didn't hear that right. Let me turn that. You, you want to go back to slavery? You want to go back to bondage? Yeah, we had it better in Egypt, Mo. We want to go back. <laughs> I'm sure Moses was laughing at them like, are you guys crazy? Like, like was someone passing something around the fire? <laughs> yeah, who's chiefing out here? You guys were in chains. You were in slavery. You were in bondage for 400 years. And you want to go back to that? Because the devil will always entice you with what is behind you. But God always puts the best in front of us. That's why you have to stop in 2017 looking in the small rear view mirror of your past and you need to start looking in the big windshield of your future that God says, I got blessings. I got freedom. Listen, listen. You can't put a price on freedom. You can't put a price on it. Our men and women of our military keep us safe. We can't put a price on that. We don't pay them enough. We don't take care of them enough. Our veterans, we don't take care of them. We can't put a price that we're on this soil and we're free to worship our God. They're in China right now, underground, having church as we speak, risking their lives and their kids' lives that at any moment someone can walk in and cut their heads off because they mention the name of Christ. And here we are, free as can be. Here we are, singing about no other name. And you have trouble lifting your hands. Come on, somebody. Maybe this year you get in the habit of worshiping God for yourself. Maybe you get in the habit of talking to your heavenly father and not thinking that they're up here to entertain us. It's not stall time so the pastor can figure out what he's going to say. I've had this message ready for two months, folks. I'm six months ahead. (laughs) I got a lot to say. Yeah, we got all year to say it. It's going to be fun. It's a time of worship, a time where we exalt him. It's a time, it's so awesome. The Bible talks about lifting holy hands, lifting holy hands. All throughout Psalms, David talked about it. Why does he want us to lift holy hands? Because when we lift our hands, we drop everything in our lives that is not of God. And we surrender to him. It takes two hands to surrender. And so maybe you're going to get in the habit of worshiping God. Maybe this is the year you're going to be in the habit of being faithful to God's house. That you're going to say, you know, there's no excuse that's going to stop me from coming. I may sleep in for first, but I'm coming to second. (laughs) There's no excuse. I'm going to be there for first Thursday. I don't know what prayer and fasting is. It sounds weird. It sounds like it's a cult, but I'm going to join in on it. (laughs) Maybe this is the year that you go all in for God, that you really live God first. Everything else second. Maybe this is the year that your idol is not your job, your car, your house, your wife, or your kids. Maybe this is the year that God is put first. And maybe this is the greatest year of your life because he's put first. Maybe everything changes because of this one decision today. Just maybe, just maybe. Hmm? We got to replace the bad habits with the good habits. We got to replace them. Worry needs to be replaced with trusting God. Negative thoughts need to be replaced with faith-filled, positive thoughts. Fear needs to be replaced with faith. Unhealthy relationships need to be replaced with healthy ones. Huh? Another story, and then we'll wrap this up. An old Cherokee tale tells of a grandfather teaching life principles to his grandson. 
The wise old Cherokee said to his grandson, on the inside of every person, a battle is raging between two wolves. One wolf is evil. It's anger, jealousy, unforgiveness, pride, laziness. The other wolf is good. It's filled with love, kindness, generosity, and self-control. The two wolves are constantly fighting. The little boy thought about it, said to his grandfather, which wolf is going to win? The grandfather smiled and said, whichever one you feed, whichever one you feed, every day your habits are getting fed, whether bad or good. I've said this a thousand times, whatever you feed the most will boast. If you continue to feed your flesh, that's what will talk the loudest. Your life will be a life of flesh. You get angry. You're short with people. No fruits of the spirit when you operate in the flesh. So if you feed your flesh and you're always watching all these wonderful soap operas they have that encourage us in our faith. All these great reality shows. Talk about so-and-so hooking up with so-and-so. Talking about getting everything nipped and tucked and high and lifted up then that's what's going to grow in your life. But on the other hand, if you feed your spirit, God first. Yeah, yeah, God first. God, I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to begin to put you first. I'm going to read my my verse for the day on the YouVersion Bible app, the greatest app on my phone. So I wake up every morning, I see the verse for the day, and I read it, and I ponder on that verse. God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to feed my spirit. I'm going to deny my flesh. I've been feeding my flesh too much, and it's been boasting. It's been getting out of hand. I feel like Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm going every which direction, but I, I'm going to replace, I'm going to replace those bad habits with good habits. Our second point is this. Our life gets better when we choose good habits. Say that with me. Our life gets better when we choose good habits, good habits. Jesus had a habit of going to the temple or the church every day or every, every uh, Sabbath. It says Daniel had a habit of praying to God three times a day. David had a habit of praising God continually. What are some good habits that you can cultivate this year? Huh? Change of a habit can reorganize your financial position. And you can be in in a completely different position three months from now if you start today. What habit is God asking you to change today that can radically change the rest of your life? Maybe it is spending. Maybe it means you can't eat out every other day. Maybe it means you can't have Starbucks three times a day. Five dollars a cup. Maybe it means you go get the 89 cent coffee at Speedway. And maybe in three months from now, your financial situation has radically changed because you sacrificed. I love the scripture in, in the Bible. It says this, Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Who likes discipline? Raise your hand, class. The Bible says it's painful, but afterward there is there, there will be a peaceable harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. No discipline is enjoyable. It's painful, it says. What are some areas that you can be more disciplined in this year? I know eating is one of them. We all could do that. We all could work on that, right? We want to be physically healthy, but what about mentally healthy? What about socially? What about relationally healthy? Huh? What about cultivating some godly relationships? What about spiritually healthy? What we're talking about today, God said, just, just put me first above all that other stuff. 
And I'll add, I'll add, I'll add, I'll add to your life. I won't subtract. I won't take things away. I'm a heavenly father. I want to bless your life. I want to increase you. I want you to be able to give more in 2017 to God's house and God's work than you've ever given. I'll add to your life when you put me first. That's the power of the tithe. Are you clapping for the tithe part? Cool. That's the power of the tithe. God says, take 10% of all your income, set it aside first, 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 set it aside first, and I will bless the 90%. I would rather have, I would rather have 90% blessed than 100% not blessed. God says, just take a portion, put me first, put me first. God says, I know you don't understand it all, and, but, but once you do it, you're going to see the blessing and provision of God show up in your life like never before. I've never heard a complainer tithe and say, tithing doesn't work. But I've heard non-tithers complain and say it doesn't work. That was worth the price of admission. We're shutting down shop today. Everybody stand. No, seriously, stand. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. In Jesus' name. It's simple as that, and I encourage you to find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.